You're locked into This Is How, created by Nominet and Liberty, helping you access digital careers using tips and stories from the people working at some of the most influential brands, platforms, and publications in culture. For free content, resources, and advice to kickstart your dream career, as well as insider tips direct from our podcast guests and industry experts, head to our platform at thisishow.uk. My name is Walia. I'm a freelance journalist and editor. I'm the founder of a women's basketball collective called The Hackney Gazelles, and I occasionally DJ too. And my name's Alex, and I'm a creative director and copywriter working in sportswear and fashion, having previously co-founded publications The Daily Street and Queb City magazine. On today's episode, we're going to be meeting Paul Curry. What up? Paul Curry. Yeah, applause in the, in the studio. Um, <laughs> Paul is a staff software engineer for BuzzFeed. I mean, I prefer computer wizard, but if we've got to go with the one in the HR system, then staff engineer, yeah, fine. We can do staff software engineer, a.k.a. computer wizard, a.k.a. knows all the things about coding, a.k.a. Staff wizard. Staff wizard? That kind of sounds porny. <laughs> and that's, and that's that bit cut nice. Cut. <laughs> so we'll be getting a lowdown on what a career in software engineering involves, um, how you can get there, what it's like to work with some of the biggest online publishing companies in the world. So stay tuned to find out all the tips and we will lead you to some strange, weird and wonderful places. Cool. So Paul, Hello. talk us through the basics. My name is Paul. I work at BuzzFeed at the moment. I'm a staff software engineer there, as you've discussed, and... When people ask in the pub what I do at BuzzFeed, I make the quizzes work. And that's usually a good enough answer for them. But Not today, Paul. No, not today. They're not all broken. Today. I'm locked in a basement and I'm here with you, which I couldn't be happier about. Um, <laughs> but effectively, I do everything computers for BuzzFeed if they need computers to be done. So what is like software engineering then? We're talking coding, right? Yeah, this is coding. So BuzzFeed is in in part a technology company i think they'd admit that i don't need to clear that with them um because a lot of the way that we distribute media and people interact with us is through some kind of technology like a phone a computer uh whatever receives youtube that kind of stuff mm. and in the background there's a bunch of stuff that has to happen with computers to make that experience happen and we are the engineers that go from nothing at all to something that millions of people can visit every day it's really exciting it's crazy, right? Because like, loads of people be using these quizzes on BuzzFeed. I use them so much. In fact, when we were researching you, I used one. And <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Like, oh, let me test happening. his work. Well, no, it was just like, I was procrastinating. It's just, it's so addictive. All of the writing is so big and inviting. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yes, I do know how to do this Harry Potter quiz. And I can answer these questions in seven seconds. I did not win. So, so what percent Hufflepuff were you in the end? No, I deleted it. Excuse oh. me. I'm a Slytherin. Oh. Mind P's and Q's. <laughs> this is my show, You're honey. You're a Slytherin? Of course I'm a Slytherin. That's no bad thing, then. Mm. No, bad thing. no I, d I did do that quiz. It was one of our large ones. In <laughs> She's cunning. Oh, this was filmed. The pose is going on. She's cunning. That's the yeah. 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 She's that one hand She's in cunning. hand with Ellie Bate, who's a genius writer. She loves Harry Potter. I love quizzes, and we did it together. It's a beautiful moment. In terms of like what we're talking about with quizzes, like on a day-to-day -day basis, do people then come up to you and they're like, I want a quiz on Harry Potter? Help me. When I was first employed by BuzzFeed, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Like a writer would come up and be like, okay, I want to find out exactly what percent Slytherin Hufflepuff I am of the houses. Can we do that? And Do you use the actual like Harry Potter, like the Pottermore algorithm stuff or do you guys just make it up yourselves? No, we got in there first. We were pre-Pottermore. <gasps> and 
Ooh. dog. Wow, that team. Our results are significantly more accurate. Stop really? it. Yeah. Wow, Lies. gloating. Look, if you want me to fight JK on Twitter, I will. I mean, everyone's doing it right now, so why don't seems you popular. join yeah, the queue, man? <laughs> no, we, we, we like doing that. And a part of what that is, like experimental formats where people haven't done it before, we call them like new formats internally. Sometimes they'll go huge, like the Harry Potter one did. Sometimes they will be an absolute flop and we will have wasted like a couple of days. But that's the genius of doing it quickly. Like if you get something out there from an idea to getting it on the website within a couple of days, you're not really wasting that much time. So it that's must what be we did. pretty cool when it actually works and goes big, right? It is. Like, yeah, I built that. But honestly, I'm better than JK. It's the same thing. <laughs> the same thing with any kind of creative project, right? The ones that you really try out and you think this is genius immediately flop. The ones that you think this is a stupid idea, but I bet it will work and you kick out the door straight up. Like, if you actually care about something, then putting the effort in will ultimately break your heart. But quiz formats, always good stuff. What's like, what's the average day-to-day when you're in the office? Uh, so if, if, I'm, if I'm there earning my bread, just doing my day-to-day stuff, I will get up, get on a train, curse Thameslink for its existence. Now, I'll get it to my desk, <laughs> open up my emails, uh, effectively see what's gone wrong. If nothing's gone wrong, that would be a pretty good morning for me, and I can get on with my work queue. So as part of planning out the work that we do, we get these things called tickets and a ticket is something that needs to happen. Let's say you've got, um, you want to build something where you can take a selfie using the website and it puts some cat ears on it. Great, very cute, look good as a cat. Um, You've got to break that down into smaller tasks. Like the first thing is you've got to let the website be able to take a photo and then you've got to detect a face and then you've got to put the cat ears on the face. And so you break these tasks down smaller and smaller until they are individually non-scary amounts of work to do. And that constitutes a ticket. So I have a queue of tickets to do. Each one of them describes um, what it's meant to do, like what the goal of the ticket is, how, how it's meant to behave, some designs if it needs design. And uh, I will start doing it, which involves firing up uh, the application that I use for programming. It's called Visual Studio Code. It is software. It is software. It is free. And it works on basically any computer, Windows, Mac. Are there any other computers? Linux, yeah. Anyone can download it now. It's free. Totally free. Just go to, I think it's code.com. They got that. I don't know. We'll Google. We'll Google it. But it's it's a project by Microsoft, of all people. They've released this really nice free tool. It's constantly getting new features, and it's amazing. I basically spend 95% of my day inside Visual Studio Code doing the bits and bobs. So I'm in Visual Studio Code. I've got my ticket. I'm going to load up my code base, uh, which is just a bunch of files and folders like you have on your computer, you've got on your phone. They're all the different source code. I'm going to jump into whichever program that I'm adding this feature to, load it up. Visual Studio Code will show me it, you know, like the the traditional lines of text on a black screen, kind of cool looking. But it also gives me a whole load of help um, to make me be an acceptable coder. Some examples of that would be uh, color highlighting. So the text will turn different colors depending on what you're looking at. Like if you're looking Mm. at a variable, which is like something that can store different values, like it will be purple. Or if it's like just some text that you want to feed into the program, it will be white. And if there's bits of the program that you don't want to look at that are in a certain area, you can make it collapse. And so it just hides them from you. And so Visual Studio Code and all other IDEs, which is what they call interactive development environments, are designed to make your life a bit easier when coding. And another thing that they'll do is if you write code that obviously won't work, much like if you just typo in Microsoft Word, it'll put a red line under it and be like, you might be being an idiot and here's why. So these computer IDEs will hold your hand quite a lot in coding. So 
I slam out the feature being the maverick bro programmer that I am. <laughs> I shoot a bunch of coffee and effectively, eventually, I will have something that works roughly as the ticket asked for it to be made. After then, I will move the ticket over to QA, Quality Assurance, where my queen of QA will go and check that it actually does work. So, she so there's will... a lot of checks and balances before something actually goes through to final then. Effect- there's a yeah, load definitely. of you checking stuff at the moment. Yeah. Right? So He's there's... now getting checked as well. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, you better watch yourself. That's one of the main differences between a big, mature company and a really small one. If it's a really small one, I don't have a QA department. I just sort of make sure it works myself and shove it out the door. But in larger ones, you have someone check your code over. Uh, It's called like a code review. They look at the code that you've written and they make sure that it is acceptable either to the company or to functionality. Like, will it actually work? They'll check that. QA will go and check it to make sure that it works from the opinion of the person using it. So if it's a website feature, they'll launch it up onto the website into a little special area the public can't see. And they'll they'll try it out. They'll literally try it out like a consumer. They'll try and make it go wrong. If they succeed in making it go wrong, the ticket comes straight back to me. I fix it. It goes to QA. Mm-hmm. That repeats as many times as are necessary until eventually QA accept it. They say, yes, this is good. And then we put it out to the world. We ship it. We ship and it. That's when Boalia oh, sits there. Absolutely. And does her quiz. Yeah. After I've done my 9 a.m. productivity stint when not many people are in the office and I'm actually motivated. Hold on. All of this is in the morning. That's about an hour, mate. Oh, oh my, my God. God. So you know I mean, I slam a ticket. I was like, out. yay, the whole day. <laughs> absolutely not. We're sat here like, that's a good week. <laughs> that's Man. a good week, Paul. Oh my God. So then. All of the time this is going on, you've got like your office communications like Slack or something like that, where it's every employee in the company in basically this huge chat room, like Discord, but for business, if you've used Discord. Like WhatsApp. Like WhatsApp, yeah. It's group chats, but over a whole company. And you can catch up on those. You know, you might want the tea on who's done uh, something that won't flush and you just want that office drama. Paul said you might want the tea, but I'm dead. (laughs) And like a lot of those are project related as well. So it could be that the project you're working on, like, I don't know, someone's decided they've changed their mind and they want to do it slightly differently. So you catch up on that. You do your WhatsApp messaging over the whole company. And then you get into your uh, your lunch break, you go to Greg's, you get a vegan sausage roll, uh, have a little cry, come back to work. And then you go into meetings. So planning meetings, catch-ups, stand-ups, all of these things are basically just making sure that everyone on your team is doing the right thing and that we all know what we're doing. So you're actually interacting with a lot of people throughout the day? Probably 100, 150 no. people. Coding is actually a really, really small part of being a good software engineer. Being a nice human being is like 50% of any job. If you are insufferable to work with, if you don't respect other people's opinions, if you're just loud all of the time and you're tiresome, you're not going to keep your job for very long. And that applies to most jobs. But software engineering is one where particularly strong opinions can be held. There are 10 ways to do anything. Five people will say that one way is right. Five will say that another is right. There are no right or wrong answers. There are just opinions. And so learning to ego massage people that need to have their ego massage learning how to mediate when no one has the correct answer to something knowing how long to discuss a problem before you actually settle on how you're going to do it um those are all the skills that you actually need to be a good engineer to work with other people i know that a lot of people listening like myself included i quit uni because i was like we'll bum that 
It's yeah. not my vibe. Um, but I know that a lot of people, it works for them. But some people, it's just not necessary. So can you talk to anyone who's listening now who may be thinking, oh, I want a digital career, but maybe I need these qualifications to get into it? For sure, yeah. Um, and straight up, I dropped out of university. So immediately, I'm going to be on the just drop out of university everything's gonna be fine thing but there's there's an important point about any and all advice that i'll give today is that listening to one person's point of view is pretty much trash and worthless because right. we can give you a million tips that will be really really useful and will help you stand out in the crowd and get you in the right direction but if one person says that they've got all the answers you should immediately just run walk away, away from them yeah. Just run away. yeah same yeah. as anything so my dad was a computer technician and he would bring home just bits of computer hardware. I think when I was really young, he put one together and wrote a little program for it. And if I pressed different keys on the keyboard, it would make a different bleepy bloopy sound out of the speakers. <laughs> so from a really young age, I was just mashing keys and like- How old were you? I don't like, know. How far back are we going yeah. here, man? <laughs> easily like when bleepy bloopy noises were still something that were really interesting to me. That could get you a job, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> For me, that was the seed of something pretty awesome. And eventually, like, you know, I learned how to quit out of that program, and then got an interest in making different programs and making this computer do something uh, effectively more interesting or exciting. How old were you at this point? I don't know. I, I want to say I was like four or five. No, maybe. that's really cool. So for, I, I always was had oh, my really toe really in cool. with like computers. I started off coding because computer didn't do what i wanted it to do just in my spare time like bedroom coding because i found it fun i found it interesting what i mean by bedroom coding is that kind of thing where you're curious about what a computer does and you're trying to make it do different stuff and mostly to solve your own problems right you essentially like made your own portfolio then yeah effectively like i had made a bunch of like little projects that like just for my own amusement that worked and that people could like download from my really simple dumb website but they constituted basically proof that I was half competent at doing something. They might not have been the thing that the employer wanted, but effectively you have built up your own portfolio. And eventually that grew into doing favors for um, people that ran websites online, for example. So I was still like 13, 14 years old and I got involved with helping other people out run their websites just doing little menial tasks really mm -hmm. easy ones but ones that the people operating the website didn't really have time to do so they appreciated the free help obviously they did yeah, that was yeah, great yeah. um and that's how i that's how i got into the whole world of it because i, I love to help people out where i can and by helping other people with their websites i also learned a ton of skills entirely through trial and error then you, from that point, went decided to go to uni and then you were like, nah. Yeah, so I did great in my GCSEs. I got like eight A's, an A star and a B Ooh. and then went to sixth form. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> casually moved past that. <laughs> went to sixth form and immediately got EUEC. Oh, there we go. I think He's because, <laughs> yeah, effectively I was exposed to the world and thought that it was more interesting than education. So it all went a bit downhill there. And I was looking at unis and which ones I could get into with EUEC at AS level. And the list isn't very long. So I signed up for this foundation degree course and went there for the first few days. And then I got a call from one of these people running one of these websites that I was coding for in my spare time. And they said, hey, I work for this advertising company, work with this advertising company. They need someone who's just pretty good at the internet and can keep an eye on it. Do you know anyone? And I was like, I know me. 
Nice. And and went up and I was within my 30 day cooling off period for university. So sent off all the paperwork, got all of the loans back and went up to London, started working in advertising. Jammy. Wow. Because a lot of people don't like they wouldn't answer that question with me. Right. Oh, you got to you got to take your shot. Look, yeah. li- live every day take with those the, chances. the undeserved confidence of a mediocre white dude and you oh will God, get a long way in. Meme. It's just Paul. so real. <laughs> It's, it's so, so real. real. I don't know what I'm doing. You've brought me on this podcast like some kind of expert. I'm just making things up as I go along. It's all coming out. I say out. that to myself as yeah. a mantra sometimes. I, I've like favorited it on my phone. I'm like, live, live your day with the confidence of a mediocre white man. It's so <laughs> like, real. What? Because so, like, so many people see these, you see like the job applications and stuff and the list of what you need like minimum five oh, yeah, years no, experience and just you've got to it. run everything and yeah and you're like what well, how am i gonna get into this nah so getting into things is i don't know I, i'll go down the old adage of it's who you know not what you know quite a lot of the time like industry connections are super important yeah. like they will emphasize that at uni as well and if you hear it from people take it seriously like it's definitely a thing so i accidentally did that by doing favors to a bunch of these people that were running websites and in return they gave me that call and basically gave me my career yeah. Um, I could have gone down the traditional route, got the degree, got the qualifications, and then applied for companies in a normal way. And we'll get on to how to do a kick-ass application yes, please. in a bit. So but it would have been a lot harder. With things like industry connections, where you have like a digital sort of space, can you make those connections online? Like, is that possible? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, like, the beauty of tech is that you don't really have to be anywhere as long as you've, as you've got an internet connection. So for all that bedroom coding, I don't think I met any of these people. Some of them I still haven't met. What? Entirely online. No way. No problem at all. And there's a lot of companies now that will hire you without ever meeting you in real life. That's you know, mad. As long as you can get your work done to a really good standard, you can communicate well, um, you can be a dog and if you're great at coding as long as you deliver yeah they don't care I really wasn't expecting that on the internet no you one knows you're a dog you can be a dog it's fine <laughs> you're listening uh, and you're a really cute Labrador it's fine absolutely congrats for starters you've managed to find your way to a podcast you should be coding what do you think is the key to like where do people find and build these networks it's a really good question and I, I'd say look for your passion again like most places which have um you know a fan base like cars sport uh bicycles they've all got these forums and communities that you can join and where those are changes every year like is it facebook one day is it whatsapp groups whatever and if they've got a tech component which hopefully they will because we're interesting you in tech then you can you can volunteer with them because a bunch of these communities don't have enough people who can program working for them and they've always got little bits and bobs that no one's getting around to doing so you can just start picking those bits and bobs up so it's quite an open community then most of them are yeah and they're happy for the help they're happy for the free help you know who wouldn't be if anyone wants to help me code for my basketball team the hackney gazelles holler oh here's a plug here's a plug no but i know exactly what you mean now when you say go for your interest because i didn't like i just it's a whatsapp group yeah that's it essentially ostensibly it's a whatsapp group of girls who meet up to play basketball so i could be chatting to you in the pub which is extremely unlikely because you'd never approach me in the pub but um (laughs) We'll cut Paul that is out. shady. Oh, wow, Paul. Paul. All right, let's let's try that again. So <laughs> okay, a lot of conversations that you have, people will have some kind of tech problem. Like you chat to them about anything and they're like, oh man, I wish I could do this a different way. Or in your case, like your basketball website, it, it, you want a contact form that works in a different way. You want someone to be able to pay their dues online if you need like a membership fee. And you're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Then 
effectively you've just identified a tech problem that you can try and fix and even if you don't succeed you'll learn quite a lot along the way trying uh, and most of the time half of the problem of engineering any kind of software engineering is breaking that problem down into smaller tasks right so figuring out like you want to get your members paying five pound subscription fee a month to be able to be in your basketball club how do you do that like how do you google for integrating payments into a website that sentence is in itself valuable like knowing to search integrate payments into a website that's I'd never a skill. Searched that are you taking notes but you will you will get there because you like searching for anything with google you'll find what brings good results and what doesn't you learn industry terminology that way you know the words that i use that you guys correctly have me explain i only pick up because i've i've learned to use them because they get better results when i search for them so nowadays anything that you're passionate about like you really love basketball go and find the nearest basketball team with a rubbish website and say hey i can probably make that better for you i would poke websites and just like um you know how if you're on your phone and you're using instagram for example and you're scrolling through your feed it's loading information from instagram right, right. like all of the time it's talking to instagram i would look at how it's talking to instagram modify it myself and then see what it gave back and sometimes it would give me something back that it wasn't meant to like someone else's information i was like this is kind of interesting wow so modifying how things talk to each other and it, it's not really hacking like hacking is a, a lot more involved than that but prodding at it and seeing what it did it's kind of the equivalent of kids that take apart um what's a what's a current example of a vcr a games console you just rip it apart take all of the screws out and try and find out how it works that's me with websites oh so he's not trying to hack you and steal your credit card He's trying to rip it apart. He's just trying to put a website back together. He's just trying yeah. to figure right. out how it works. But then that's, I think that's an interesting point to make, though. And um, like in terms of like writing um, and reading books, I was always trying to figure out how like a sentence was formed to make it funny or mm -hmm. that sentence was formed to make me cry. And I think that's interesting. Now, when you're thinking about digital careers, if anyone of you out there, like your interests, you just have to take everything apart and figure out why it is that thing you're interested in. Yeah. And then you can actually formulate a plan to try and translate that into a, a path and a career. Yeah, if you're naturally 100%. interested in something, chase it, you know? Absolutely. Find out everything and about it. A lot of responsible companies nowadays, if they're in tech, they will have a program that says, um, if you found a problem with our systems that's like a security problem, we'll pay you money to tell us. Because otherwise, I would just go to the nearest... Uh, you know, bunch of hackers and sell it to them instead. That's amazing. Right. So like the young version of you that was helping out mates' websites and stuff now could actually just go straight and do stuff for, for Google and for money. Absolutely. And they don't even need to hire you. Like if you want to go and find a security problem in Google, all you got to do is sign up to their program, which costs nothing, report the problem. And if it's a really good problem, they'll give you like $13,000. What? Cash money, baby. Where's this link? Literally. Wow. So there's a bunch of programs out there. Google run their own one. There's one called HackerOne that a bunch of companies sign up to, including oh, BuzzFeed. my God. This is brings a whole new meaning to secure the bag, my yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Secure your bag, guys. What's the program again? There's one called HackerOne, which a lot of companies sign up for. It runs their bug bounty program is what they call them. Um, because effectively it had to exist because otherwise you would find these problems with websites that people could exploit 
and some shady group on the internet would pay you for that. And so companies realized, okay, we should probably actually just pay people to tell us. Fantastic. Yeah. So there's a motivation. To you can it. play real life Red Dead Redemption, but like with just like Google security, fantastic. You Absolutely. Can be like a bounty hey, hunter. It's not even like, thanks, here's a hundred quid voucher. Yeah. 13K. Hello. Absolutely. Do your own startup, babes. Man, You're that, good. Get that bedroom coding going. Ooh. You bet. But what I am genuinely getting from this is, and all your stories really, is this idea of being open to saying yes seems to be one of your skills yeah you can be finding problems in google one day you can be pointing an antenna out of a window at space the next um as long as you say yes to these things and yeah you just gotta one of my interview questions that i had at a company which it later turned out was a genuine problem that they had to solve which was really cheeky of them they had this issue and they asked it as an interview question to me and then they went and tried to do it was how to get like uh fast internet to the north pole that's what they needed to do. And I was Why? like, that's a really interesting question. And I was like, okay, satellites don't reach the North Pole. You can do text messages and stuff like that from the pole if you've got a satellite phone, but no fast internet. You can't do like video streaming. And I sat on it for about a week and I thought, that's a really good interview question. Like, that's great problem solving because that's all software engineers are. We're problem solvers. And I eventually got back to them. I said, okay, I found this system that the US military uses. It's just a bunch of balloons. So like every few kilometers, you put a balloon up and then all the balloons talk to each other. And then you've got like a data link that moves because you can't use a wire because there's loads of icebergs and they keep moving. It's going to break the wire. So balloons. And they were like, oh yeah, that's really great. Okay, we'll get back to you. And it turns out that was actually a problem they had to solve for a client no. No for their advertising agency. And they just asked it to me in an interview question, stole the answer and didn't oh, give me a job. I'm not job. mad, but I'm actually kind of impressed that they did that. <laughs> but that kind of problem solving is... you told the world now. Yeah. Exactly. I do quite like that, though. If you're listening and you're like, oh, I just like fixing stuff. If you're a problem solver, then software engineering might be the ting for you. Yeah. Because if you're just going around fixing little puzzles, essentially, it sounds like. That's all it is. People have complex, what they think are really complex problems. And sometimes they genuinely are really hard to solve. That's why software engineering is is coveted at the moment. There's more problems than there are problem solvers, right? There's an industry lack. And by doing this podcast and getting more kids into coding, I'm effectively shooting myself in the foot because they're all going to take my job. Do it. Take Paul's job. Take my job. Do it. You're better than me. Um, (laughs) Effectively, there's not enough problem solvers. There's too many problems. Companies always have problems. It's a great place to get into. Um, But all we do is we break down those problems into realistic, completable tasks. We go and find someone else that has completed that task and we slap that idea back onto the original company. So effectively, for most things, unless it gets really complicated, you are slapping together other people's code or packages and libraries, which is little toolkits people have launched professional that, terms that coming out shared now. take notes packages, packages and, and libraries, libraries. Mm. i don't think code stuff when you say packages and libraries to me i'm so it's literal. amazon and it's library card no these yeah. are <laughs> if, effectively i don't know why you're laughing i was actually thinking almost that. every problem every problem to do with computers has already been solved right we are but just glorified plumbers so <laughs> to avoid everyone writing the same code a million times the nicer among us will write what's called open source uh, source code is what makes the code work you write source code as a programmer what you can choose to do in open source is share your solutions with other people which are super useful a lot of them you can just use in your projects your personal projects your projects for work because people release them to be free because knowledge is meant to be free share your source code it's great uh, and that can save you a ton of time so a bunch of complex tasks like 
I don't know, you want your app to log in with Facebook, for example. There's no way that you would write that yourself. It's really, really complicated. You pick up something called a package or a library to do it for you effectively and you plug it into your code. So basically, it's not as big and scary a thing as it sounds. No, not at all. You take, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like You can make something really quickly by just using other people's code that's already out there that they've put there for you to use it's a really nice community all right so if people are listening to this and they're going yeah i'm sold i'm sold no more stories i'm sold how do i how what do you say to them in terms of how they start this career how do they go and get that for themselves solve your own problems first that's going to be my main bit of advice through this is find a problem that you think a computer can solve go and google how to fix it now that sounds really oversimplistic because it is, but it teaches you a lot of the skills that you need. So as a problem solver, knowing how to search for something on the internet, like which words to use and mm. how to, I don't know, click the right result on Google is huge. Really like, is. It's like a research job. You know, you, you've, you've done your background research on me. It's terrifying. You know how to use Google and knowing how to use Google is, is super, super important to be a programmer. What would you say then if I, say for instance, I'm like, oh, I actually really, I'm good at Google, but I've never had any kind of digital career and I want to, I'd like cold call you or message you, whatever. How would I message you and try to impress you even if I'd had no digital experience? How would I prove to you on a CV kind of environment that I was actually using the right skill sets to be able to kind of apply that to um, a software engineering job. All right, awesome question. Do you want my little breakdown of how to I'd do a that. really good tech CV? Paul, yes. awesome. I couldn't this, want anything that's more what we at want. this point. Because we can turn that directly through. So let's solving go. your own Alex problems. Alex and I are ready, let's go. Number one. Number one, get a GitHub. What is a GitHub? It is where you share code. To put it simply, anyone doing software engineering will probably have a GitHub account. Your public account, you can put your projects on there, share them with the web. No one's ever going to look at them, but they're there. And if I'm interested in how you can code, I can go on your GitHub, I can look at some really simple projects you've made, and it tells me so much about who you are as a programmer. Like, does it have a help file? Like, does it have a readme? You know, the thing that, to tell me what it's trying to do, like uh, the style of your coding, that kind of stuff. But importantly, it's something that weirdly, 50% of the CVs that I see don't have. They don't attach any kind of public code to. Now, I've kind of turned around on this opinion because I used to be really anti sharing a code online because a lot of stuff that you do for employers, you're not allowed to share online, right? It's their source code. They've paid you money to write it for them, not mm. to write it for the rest of the internet. But if you want to really shine in a pile of CVs, the top tip would be to definitely have some passion projects, solve some problems, put the solutions online, put them on GitHub. Secondly, definitely bother with the cover letter. Okay, I get so many applications where the cover letter is either very clearly one they've sent to literally everyone, which goes straight in the bin. They've got one where they've done like company name would be a great place to work for that could apply to literally any company, wow. which is sneaky, but also goes in the bin. And the ones that I'll actually read are the I've ones... I've been there. I'm sorry. I've done that before. Yeah. You have to apply loads. You, you do. You found yourself in the bin, in Paul's bin. Absolutely. Probably. The main problem savage. is, like, for these jobs, there are, like, a thousand applications each. The applications that I read that stand out, immediately that's, like, 2% of people, and they're not even really trying. Like, there's a lot of bad applications out there where it's just, like... The CV, I will give like a really brief read to make sure that you've got the correct skills. Because like if I'm looking for someone that does website development, I've got to make sure that you can basically develop a website. Or if it's like an intern role that I can 
realistically train you to teach a website because that's how you get people into the industry okay. you've, you've got to train people and you've got so to, show, you've got to show interest in that particular side um, so that having the sorry what did you call it github yeah it's yep. like a really first and foremost if you want to get into coding and website development absolutely so okay. for for people like uh you know senior engineers that's much less of a thing but when you're on the ground floor you're just interested in starting your career in coding it's super important to have examples online and guys you know what i'm yeah. about to say head over to platform because we have some coding courses for yes. you and then you can put that onto your github essentially i think after Absolutely, you completed yeah. your yeah. course you can then you can put that like, into into practice and then your first ever piece of coding that you would have got on platform you can then supply that with content onto your github and then really bother paul yeah, absolutely i'm also thinking even if it's like you haven't done it before go and give it a try yeah it's really you might cool. find out that you're really good at it it's true and there are uh liberty's excellent platform resources for doing this and there's a bunch of other ones online as well code academy is a great example where you can get on board with their system you can learn the basics it really holds your hand like you cannot get it wrong and eventually it lets you walk at your own pace and code academy is a commercial site eventually if you turn out to be really interested in programming you can pay them something like eight pounds a month and that gets you access to everything they do and they walk you through and you get bigger and bigger projects and you stand more and more on your own feet those kind of websites are an absolute godsend for getting people interested because they will ask you in like a quiz format at the start like the quiz on liberty's platform what yeah, you're actually plug. interested in and where you want to head like do you want to head into doing mobile apps do you want to head into doing uh websites do you want to do advertising advertising yeah, yeah they're, they're all relatively similar disciplines like there are some core skills that you'll need in every single one of them like understanding the basics like what is a variable that applies to literally every industry but you do specialize quite quickly well no that's just i love that we've just done a cv guys just rewind from when that starts again and you will be able to have the most killer cv ever i'm going to yeah, give man. you one extra tip and that is, I respect the hustle of the mail merge where you've got one generic cover letter and you send it to everyone. Just do one paragraph specifically tailored to the company. Okay. He's it's softening. The, that's it's, what the I first, it's the first that's what thing I we do. read. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's the first to, thing we read. And have to write a whole new one. No, not a whole new one. Jesus, that would take so well, much time. Let's turn the tables then because we actually asked Paul like we're going to ask all our guests to fill out a little fun CV. Oh. And we're now going to read it for the first time and yes. see if he lives up to all of that let's advice. time Paul has come for you to do your own interview with us what's the job to <laughs> we didn't predict that one actually actually we do know the job is You've to hang it. out with us okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, how do you find your day-to-day -day at this job no, do you no, find no, it no, fun no 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 we're Wait. asking the questions Paul. we ask the questions here and when your question portion comes don't worry Paul you will know okay so what we've got here is and you can find it on the Instagram for this is how is that we've asked Paul to fill out a little kind of CV thing. It's really cute. It's very, very cute. Name, Paul Curry. That's me. Correct. Yes. Social, at CR3. I'm basically only on Twitter because I'm old. <laughs> okay. And you like beef. <laughs> Everyone on Twitter is shady and they like beef. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And thirsty, don't forget thirsty. <laughs> Job, computer wizard. I put that down because, like, staff software engineer does not sound glamorous. Like, <laughs> this is what you tell people in the pub. Does computer wizard sound more glamorous? I don't know, but now we've it heard about it. Mysterious. I'm like, <laughs> software engineer, all I'm going to think about is all these crazy stories you've been telling now. Yeah, and that's just the thing. Like, 
software engineer involves a lot of stuff and like it's literally my my email signature is powerful computer wizard and no one has told me to change it yet so i don't intend to um but if, if anyone wants a computer to do something i can probably do it and in my mind that makes me a wizard all right so quick fire questions then your best failure so the idea of this was like you know good things can come from bad things right i've misunderstood the question or you haven't because your best failure is my tweets comma generally and yeah. you've, you've even managed to fail by writing that down and not kept it in the box yeah oh yeah and it says and, and this. this oh you've and oh, he's okay. actually pointed yeah, out his own enough. mistake because he's a problem solver has put an arrow to the box yeah, yeah. and the title yeah. problem there, solved. and this problem solved Done. i am going to be sickeningly general about this i wish that i had failed more as a kid so tweeted it's, more oh. not tweeted more that would have been terrible but failure is super super important for building confidence in what you're doing and in programming you will fail constantly 10 times a day and it's overcoming that and figuring out what how to actually solve the problem that makes you better fear of failure is it, it will just crucify you and so learning to be good at failing and understanding how to grow from it that's crucial so Oh my god, that my was, best I was like wow, some, some psychology around. moment, right? Like, we were actually framing this bit as like a really funny segment and you just turned into my therapist. I would be you, scared of it. failing. <laughs> you should embrace failure because it means you tried. Like if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Like go ice skating, fall is, over. There is a no, real good okay, learning in no, that. Like ice and snow are not the thing for me. And yeah, low key, yes, fail at, fail at stuff, but... I'm never skiing again or ice skating again, so you drop tried. me out. But you I tried. tried. You tried. You tried, you failed, and it's you learned true. from it. That counts. <laughs> no, my tweets are bad. No one should read my tweets. Uh, I will consider that my failure. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, why should we hire you? Yes, why should we hire you, Paul? I've written fast, easy, boom, because... I don't know if boom is a response. Yeah. <laughs> boom is but just the feeling you get when you hire me. Because you're like, boom, this guy's solved all my problems. Fast I'm, and easy. Like your mum. Wow! Oh my God. So the, the fast <laughs> bit... You cussed my mum on the podcast, Paul. <laughs> We're re- this is over now. The fast bit I've put because I like to do things quickly. Like if someone wants something done or someone knocks something over in the other room, it'll happen quickly. And I I can do that. Like some software engineers, they'll take 10 years to do something and it'll be perfect. I will do something in two days and it will be horrible code, but it will work. So sometimes you want that. Easy. I make big problems easy to understand. And that's a fun thing to do as an engineer. And boom, you got to deliver results at the end of the day. Boom. Boom. Um, Paul did a mic drop there. But we can't actually <laughs> drop these mics because that's it in not your professional. He no, did the sound effect, kind of. Get very angry at us. So to summarise this podcast, I would say what I've learned from this is that all of the things can be done essentially from the bedroom that you have or the place you live you can do these things remotely and you actually don't have to leave if you don't wanna uh, but you can make things happen right there and then also to fail yeah. um which which seems like actually now that i think about it kind of plausible if you're going to go into a problem solving type of role failure is yeah. inevitable because yeah. you're going to keep hitting a wall and then you're going to have to figure out how to climb over it it's not just okay to fail it's a big part of it right yeah. And you can get those kind of coding abilities on our website. So go onto platform and have a look at those kind of things. Just because I think I'm realizing now that you need to start listening to this podcast in tandem with platform because you need to apply all those things if you are going to then learn how to solve these problems. Ooh, and get a GitHub. Yeah. Get yourself a GitHub. I'm like, a, I think a I'm letter. a software engineer, guys. It's cute. Or I a think career it suits advisor. me. 
you do those things just write a good cv and a cover letter and say i know javascript and we'll get you in for an interview it only falls apart when you stop bluffing oh okay dms are open he will give you an interview <laughs> absolutely it all might, he wants is it a might not letter. be with the company you expect but i'll interview you <laughs> You can even fix Google from your bedroom for exactly. monies. For 13K, what? What? I'm doing that tonight. <laughs> but like, She's a quick learner. More <laughs> to the point, I think that last and final point is do what you really care about. Because it's all very well learning how to be um, a problem solver. But if you don't know what the avenue of your interests are or where you want to go, you need to figure out that out first. Like Break down your own little problem of what is it that you like. And then you, you can start your career in software engineering. And you're welcome because it's cute. Really? Yeah. That's it's very, very well cute. Said. <laughs>you've been listening to this is how created by nomina and liberty your essential rundown on figuring out a path into digital careers for the brands you love head over to our website to listen back to our other episodes find the industry role you're most suited to and discover free training to help you get the job you want thank you paul for coming in thank you so much paul thanks guys yes. yay <laughs> another round of applause for paul Twitter.com slash CR3. Don't read my tweets. <laughs>